the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Can a corpse pull itself out of the grave? Can a salmon, dead, floating downriver, suddenly spring to life and start swimming upriver? It seems absurd, doesn't it? Yet we maintain that spiritual death can. Let's talk about that. So many folks want to hold to the fact that they have the will to choose between God and not God. Sad fact is, God has something totally different to say, and he says it quite often in his word. So that's what we'll do. We'll go to God's word, and we'll explore what he has to say about our will, our ability to choose or not choose him. And if we really are dead, how can that take place? From Grace Bible Church in Hayward, here's Pastor Jessica Stand with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. I'm not dealing with free will out of just an academic thing, wanting to tear it down and and lift up the sovereignty of God. No, I'm really challenging you at the level of where we are in our culture in terms of the definition of things, particularly the issue of humanity. So the proverb says, every man, every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord is the one that does what? He knows your heart. This is, this is where we're about to go. So look with me at Proverbs chapter. <clears throat> this is going to be Proverbs chapter 19. Proverbs 19. I'm trying to make sure I get this. Proverbs 19, 6. I'm almost sure. that No, Proverbs 16, 9. I want you to look at Proverbs 16, 9. Getting ready to lift up another idea around what we are. I'm going to make some philosophical arguments for it because philosophy, the love of wisdom, is the ability to explain things in a way that produces understanding and practical wisdom so you can walk away with tools to actually respond appropriately. That's what philosophy is meant to be. So I want you to hear this. This is Proverbs 16, 9. A man's heart does what? Devise his way. That term devise means it weighs out, it evaluates, it calculates, it sits up and makes all kind of decisions. We all do that. Children do that. Now watch what the next line says. But the Lord directs his steps. Now I want you to understand this is what we mean when we're talking human freedom over against God's sovereignty. You guys got that? This line teaches what is called human freedom, God's sovereignty. The first line is about man. The second line is about who? What is God doing? Directing his what? So now watch this. If God is directing your steps, it doesn't matter how many days you sit up and devise all kind of plans and schemes and purposes and, and agendas. 
The outcome is a sovereign imposition of providence in your life to bring about what God wants to occur in your life in spite of, in lieu of, and in many cases, via your own dynamics and choice making. Does that make some sense? All right. So here's what's going on here. It's important to get this. What you see in this verse is an argument that mankind is not free. That's what you see. If you think it through, he's sitting up devising. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the other. I'm going uh, to do whatever I want to do. Remember, that's the basic argument in the title of our study. The myth that man's free will allows him to do anything he wants to. Now, that might be true if we didn't have the second clause of this verse. The second clause of this verse says everybody is funneled into a sovereign purpose so that no matter what they're thinking, the outcome is according to the will and purpose of a divine creator. Does that make sense? What that means is no matter what you and I constitute freedom in terms of our own experience, we're not so free that our free volition is sovereign over God's determination. Did that come home? All right, so I'm going to just reiterate because this is fundamental Christianity thousands of years ago, and I want you to get it because I'm going to drill down in it with our next verse. You and I will get up, we'll study, we'll plan, we'll make, we'll have ideas and we'll draw them up, schemes, agendas, and then we'll set out to do them. We might even accomplish them. But in doing so, we have not proven that we are absolutely free. We're only proving that we were able to accomplish something that we wanted to accomplish. We're not saying just because we do certain things that there are no kind of external, obvious, detectable parameters or influences or controlling factors that limit my actions. What we are saying is that if you and I get up today and decide we're going to go to work and we go to work and then we do a good job and then we come home and we go, thank you, Lord, for the grace to have done that. Our choice making devising was still limited by the permissive providence of a God who directed your steps. Does that make some sense? Right. So what's going on on man's side of the equation is if he is not acknowledging line two. That is the reality of God. If all he is acknowledging is line one, his choice making. He's oblivious to the fact that he's being controlled by a power greater than him. That's leading to an outcome that God has predetermined. Even if that outcome is consistent with that person's own goals. Raise your hand if that didn't make any sense to you. I'm not going to let you not work this through. I'm not going to let you not work this through because Christians, again, are not good at thinking through ideas. I want you to get it. So the idea is this. You and I will go about doing what we do. And we may or may not be aware that there are influences and drivers that assisted us in the way we were thinking and the choices that we were making 
and the outcome of those choices. We may not be aware of it, but there were things happening. Does that make sense? Right. Now, just because we're not aware of external drivers and influences and mechanisms that help subtly shape my decisions doesn't mean that they're not there. Just because I don't realize that I have a genetic makeup that's predisposition towards a kind of bent that's in me from my parents and then from my grandparents and my great-grandparents, just because I'm not aware of those epigenetic components controlling my drives and controlling my emotional makeup and controlling my determined determination to go down a certain path, doesn't mean that's not happening. Am I making some sense? So a big problem in religion, right along with the world, is that we're often too stupid to realize that there are all kind of mechanisms driving the way we think. And then we will boast as if we're free when nothing could be further from the truth. Y'all walking with me? All right, so let me, let me continue to, let me make another proposition as we get ready to look at another verse. This one is going to be Proverbs chapter, um, let me see here, this is, All right, which one do I want? Um, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 26. Let me see if that's the one. Look at Proverbs 20, 26. I don't think it is, but it might be. Uh, That's not it. Uh, It'll come back up here. uh, Oh, Proverbs 16, 25. Proverbs 16, 25. You guys have heard this one before. This ain't the one that I want, but hopefully I'll be able to... um, Bring it, bring it to our mind here in a second, because um, I want to make sure that we get it. You've heard this one before. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of what? Yeah. Right. So even though men may be persuaded in their own right about pathways and choices and outcomes, if it results in death, it means that they were wrong. Does that follow? There's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So if we're making choices that ends up destroying us, it means our choices were bad. They were not good. And this is a basic commentary on humanity um, as a whole, you guys, that that we need to make sure that we keep in mind. If, if If our choices, if the outcomes of our choices lead to a destruction in our life, that is not good. That is not good. I'm, again, I'm trying to make sure that I uh, don't overlook this one. Let me see. Is it Proverbs 20? Try Proverbs chapter 27, verse 22. There's one more verse that I want. And uh, nope, that's not the one. We looked at that one before. Um, it'll, it'll come up. It's evading, evading me right now. Go with me in your Bible to Isaiah chapter 10. Isaiah chapter 10. I'm going to walk through a narrative in our account. And this narrative is going to support um, the idea that we are talking about that's extremely important. Is that is that mankind is not free to do whatever he wants to do. Everything that he does is within the parameters 
of a God who providentially orders the affairs of human, humankind to an outcome that brings glory to him. The logic would be, even though men, men are doing what they do, they're not doing it in a total sense of freedom that can circumvent or that can thwart or that can stop God. Like, here's the proposition I'll put out to you, and we're getting ready to read it. You won't read anywhere in your Bible where God tries to do something and man stops God from doing it. Okay, so I, I just want you to get that because you guys are laughing, but in reality, I hear it in Christian communication all the time. God's trying to get your attention. Well, if he wants you to get your attention, he'll get your attention. That's your Bible. Um, God, God tries to save these people, but he, they don't let him. They won't let him save them. You guys have heard that in the larger free will churches. If you don't let God save you, he won't, he won't be able to save you. Well, at that point, your arbitrary choice is greater than God's providence and preceptive will. Does that make some sense? All right, so one of the reasons why historically, theologically, Pelagian over against Augustine, and as I shared with you last week, um, um, Jacob James Arminius over against John Calvin, the assumption that your will is so free that God can't actually override it, even if he wanted to, would make you more sovereign than God. Right. And we say that that's untenable because nowhere in the scripture does God try to ever do anything with the creature and the creature is able to successfully keep God from doing it. Right. So no matter what levels of freedom you may practice, those freedoms are still inhibited by an overarching providential authority by God. That means your freedoms are limited. Here's another, here's another idea you can think about, because when you talk to your friends and they say, I got free will, you would have to ask them, so how do you know you got free will? How do you know you're free? Do you know what you actually have to know to know that you're free? One, everything. Stay with me. I teach logic. I teach logic because Christians are, don't read their Bibles carefully and they don't think well. Like, if you say you're free, that means you have perused the whole universe and you have plumbed the depths of subatomic existence and you have been able to penetrate into all of the minute workings of the psychological framework of human existence, your own psychology. You have to know everything about your bio, neurological, and psychological makeup to know that your choice making is completely free from any kind of influence. You have to know that you're free from even God's remotest purposes in your life. In order for you to be free, you actually have to know everything. Did that make some sense? I want, I want to make sure you get this. Because if you're saying you're free, you're saying that there is nothing in the universe that has the ability to coerce or influence or inform or alter your opinion. I just want to drill down in that. If a man says he's free, don't nobody tell me what to do. 
I do whatever I want to do. Whenever I want to do it. I'm my own captain. I run my ship. I go here. I go there. I do what I want to whenever I want to. How frequently do you do that, sir? Whenever I want to. You mean there's no influence at no time, any kind of way that's actually challenging you at any level? No. How do you know? Because I know everything. No, you don't. Does it make some sense, ladies and gentlemen? So I'm arguing two things. I'm arguing that you actually have to know everything to know that you're totally free. Then you also have to have all the power in the universe to maintain that total freedom. Am I making some sense? Actually, you don't know. I'm leading you to a characteristic that really describes God. God knows everything. God's all powerful. God operates out out of the highest level of freedom because he knows everything. Not you and not me. Isaiah chapter 10, please. Isaiah chapter 10. Let me walk through this. This is a storyline. We talked about Nebuchadnezzar on Tuesday, didn't we? And Nebuchadnezzar learned that he didn't have free will. Did he learn? All right. So now tonight we're getting ready to learn about the king of Syria. And I want us to walk this one through a bit. Here it is. Isaiah chapter 10, verse one. It's going to be about 15 verses. So just walk through the narrative because what your Bible is getting ready to do is show you how God actually will tell you and I what people are going to do before they do it. Now, what did I tell you the other day? If men really, truly had a free will, there would be no capacity for predictability at any time. Say amen if that makes sense. If men really, truly had a free will, we would never be able to see the predictability of pathological behavior that we could anticipate, that we could actually benefit from. Because there's a lot of things about the way people act that we go, I know they're going to do this. This is what I know they're going to do. Right. Because there are all kind of constraints forcing them down that pathway. They don't even know what they're going to do. But I know and we can make money on that. Well, if in fact man is truly free, God could never, ever prophesy anything. Do you understand what I just stated? Because God cannot know whether or not man is going to do something contrary to what God is expecting him to do. If man is truly free, raise your hand if you're with me. Right, y'all got that logic? You got the logic that if, if, if man is really truly free, that means he is divorced from God's omniscience of all actions, outcomes, choices, predilection, bits, and everything. And God's sitting up going, I'm not sure what they're going to do, but I'm going to just hang out and see. Now, nothing in your Bible has ever depicted the relationship between God and his creature as God being surprised by anybody doing anything. This is one of the reasons why the secular humanist doesn't like the Bible. Listen carefully to me as we walk through this narrative. The reason why secular people don't like the Bible is because the Bible says God is in control and we are not. Did he come home? This is why people want to get to set their Bible aside. Even the Christian. Sorry, Christian. I'm going to beat you up tonight too. You know how when we want to act a fool, you know what we do? 
we stop reading our Bible. Because the moment we stop reading our Bible as Christians, then we enter into the postmodern irrational fantasy that we're free to do what we want to do. Raise your hand. Tell the truth. You ain't going to hell if you tell the truth. This is why you got a whole lot of Christians that don't read their Bible. Because when you read your Bible, the Holy Spirit quickly reminds you God's in control. You didn't sat up and schemed and planned and hypothesized and built all kinds of agendas and everything. You didn't ask God nothing because you know he already got his own answer. No, I don't even, no, I ain't even talking to God. I'm over here. I'm doing my thing. And then you run across a Christian that quote a Bible verse. And now you're all upset with him because that Bible verse basically says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, beholding the good and the evil. There's nothing hid from him with whom we have to do. The word of the Lord is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It can separate between bone and marrow. It can separate between spirit and soul and tell you before you're doing it what you're going to do. You tore up at that point. You tore up. Are you, are you tore up? Because now God didn't already said he saw it before he even created you. Verse one, warn to them that decree unrighteous decrees. Now, this is God basically calling himself righteous. And he says, people who decree unrighteous decrees will suffer for it. This is how you can know that your God ultimately will punish evil. Warn to them that decree unrighteous decrees. This is a woe to rulers, not just to you and me, rulers. Y'all got that? So when rulers make policies that are wicked, like the idea of wanting to vax these little babies and cut the body parts off, off of babies. God says, I'll take care of that. That's what God says. He said, if you don't take care of it, don't worry. I'll get at it. At, I'm going to get at that. It's not going to get away in my universe. Does that make sense? Warn to them that decree unrighteous decrees in that right grievousness, which they have prescribed. These are laws. Verse two. Let's walk this through. Verse two. To turn aside the needy from judgment and to take away the right of the poor of my people, that widows may be their prey and that they may rob the fatherless. Y'all know what this is about. This is about ripping people off because you have the power to do it when you can legislate laws and policies that disadvantage poor people. This has been going on in our world from the beginning. Verse three, I want to keep moving. And what will you do in the day of visitation? And in the desolation, which shall come from afar, to whom will you flee for help? And where will you leave your glory? What a great proposition. Now, just let me help you just in case you don't know. God is not talking to the pagan out there. He's talking to the Christian. He's talking to the arrogant Christian who thinks that they can pervert God's law and rule over people and dominate them in the name of Jesus. I want you all to know that. Because what God is about to do is bring an evil from another country to punish Israel. Now, I want you to see how sovereign God is in the holy affair and event. Verse four. Without me, they shall bow down under the prisoners. This is what God is saying. Israel's going to bow down because they have abandoned God. They're going to bow down under the prisoners and they shall fall under the slain. For all this, his anger is not turned away. But his hand is stretched out still. This is God stretching out his hand metaphorically. This is an anthropomorphism in judging Israel because it had abandoned God's righteous laws and developed unjust rules. Y'all got that? That means God ultimately now is punishing. Look at verse five. Oh, Assyrian, 
the rod of my what? Now, this is what God is doing. He's telling you and me that he's going to bring the Assyrian nation from the north down into Palestine to punish his people because of their rebellion. Does that follow? Now, does God raise up nations? Does he set them down? Does he use kings any kind of way he wants to? Does he turn their hearts like the rivers of water to guide them as he will? Of course he does. Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here. Grace-Bible.com is our website. Again, that's Grace-Bible.com. If you wish to give us a call, the number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, our address is 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street. Here in Hayward, the zip code, 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today, this program is listener-supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area, as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.